Welcome to X's and O's NBA Breakdown, the podcast where we take a deeper look into teams, coaches, and trends of the NBA. I'm your host, Coach Mark Tinklenberg. It's time to settle in and enjoy as we talk about the league. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of X's and O's NBA Breakdown. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, 305 Culture, Knock If You Buck, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Blazing the Path, Motor City Hoops, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, and At The Buzzer. Plus, our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and The Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Here we go, X's and O's, NBA Breakdown, Episode 8? I think so. Episode 8. I'm your host, Mark Tinklenberg. I'm here with my co-hosts, Mike Herringa and Zach Walker. I just want to take a second before we get started and remind you guys to add us on Twitter and Instagram at X underscore breakdown, and then subscribe and listen to our pod while giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we've gotten a few in the in the past couple of weeks, and I love seeing them all in the comments. Um, it means the world to us, so, so make sure you guys do that whenever you listen. Um, this episode, we're going to dive right in. We're going to kind of build off what we, the three of us, were talking about a few episodes ago, and um, that is the, the Nets trade. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets traded for James Harden, and um, in that, they got a whole lot of offense, um, but they lost a whole lot of defense. And um, I'm going to give credit to StatMuse, which is on Twitter. Uh, they put this stat out there. We're going to talk about it a little bit. Uh, the Nets, since the Harden trade, have a 122.6 offensive rating, which is the best in the league and actually would be the best of all time in NBA history. On the flip side, they have a 119 defensive rating, which is the worst in the league and also the worst of all time in NBA history. So we got I a did. couple of things we got to talk about. We have enough sample size here with the Brooklyn Nets that we, we know who they are. I think it's pretty evident. I don't know after that many games of playing together. Uh, I know they haven't had a ton of practice, but I don't know that they're going to change so much. Uh, they definitely have a problem that they're going to need to fix, and we're going to talk about it. Boys, fire away. Are the Brooklyn Nets actually just James Harden, the team? I mean – unbelievably offensive, unbelievable offensively, right? We talked about that a little bit, that they're going to be unstoppable. All three of them are dudes. They're going to be able to score. 122-6 would be the best all time. Uh, But that's a little James, right? He can score on anybody, but we've all watched him play Ole defense for almost his whole time in the league. And they just look like James Harden, the team. And what the biggest thing that they're missing, they have nothing in the center to help out on the defensive side. 
when you trade Jared Allen away, you trade all of your defenders away, they just have nothing to stop scoring on the inside of the paint. So when they're going to go against the Embiid's, the, you know, if they make it to the finals, the Anthony Davis guys, it's, it's going to be a, who can score the most. They just lost to the Washington Wizards 147 to 146. I mean, my God, that is an all-star game. Score again? 147 to 146. In regulation. Right. No overtime. No overtime. (laughs) That's regulation. And I mean, it's talk about just that's that's just laziness to me. You should accidentally play better defense than that. A few possessions in my opinion. Um, and I'll go on both sides. Obviously Washington has already come out and Beal said, well, I can't guard a parked car right now. We already know what we were going to get with them, but Durant is the best defender on that team. Now I would say tank. I think you probably agree there. He's probably the best defender on that, that team, but Absolutely. Kyrie and James are not going to give him anything to help out it is it's him or nothing and we saw that in those games yeah i i can't believe that they're as bad as they are right now i'm i'm assuming they'll get a little bit better based on the the rest of the season but they're gonna have to make some acquisitions in order to get better that's a fact they're gonna have to find a way to make a trade um they're gonna have to find a way to acquire somebody off of a buyout situation or something that is their only chance. And, and I don't think that it's really going to, I don't think it's going to help them in the long run. Um, I'm starting to doubt my pick of them potentially getting out of the East. I'm actually starting to doubt my pick of them getting to the Eastern. Yeah. You said it was 50, 50. And, and their offense is going to take them, but my goodness, they are giving up. I mean, just a ridiculous amount of points that it, that, that takes, that almost takes effort to give up that many points. And I think what they said that they were rumored to go after JaVale McGee. That was their, their main person that they're trying to do to fill the, the middle end. That's not going to, that's not going to really help you out either. Well, we talked about that, right? When you get everything that they do is about the playoffs and you can outscore half of the league, right? Washington happens to be another team that has two dudes Beal, I mean, that last 10 seconds was bananas, but you got, you got a team that has two dudes that can keep up with you. And, and it's a little like Milwaukee. They're going to be able to outscore everybody in the league or outplay half the teams in the league. But when you get to the playoffs and you got teams just filled with guys that can score and you're going to be able to, again, uh, play run your defense off this play night after night after night after night unless they do something defensively they're not going to be able to outscore everybody it's just not going to happen and that's the game they're playing now and they're doing it at a really high level until you run into a buzzsaw like Beal and Russ who were just out of their minds and you're going to get that a lot in the playoffs Think I'm interested to say what? Who do you think? Do you have a guy in your head that you would say that they should go after, whether in that buyout or off, you know, acquisition route that they can Wilt go for to Chamberlain? <laughs> That's the one. Call him. <laughs> Honestly, I th- I think they're in a catch twenty two. I I think that right now, um, I don't think they get anything. Um, by I don't know that they have a they'll get enough by adding somebody in particular. Um, 
I think that in some of the instances, like a JaVel McGee, you might get a little more athleticism um, and, a, and a little bit more rim protection. But there's a lot of minuses that come with an acquisition like JaVel McGee, too, that, you know, a lot of times last year he was flat out unplayable in certain situations against certain lineups. And that would definitely still apply this year. Um but he would give them an energy boost, but I don't know that an energy boost is going to be enough to, to get them over the Eastern uh, conference final or get to the Eastern conference finals or to an NBA championship. Now let's talk about this though. We did have, um, when we were doing our tiers, uh, we had the 76ers in the second tier, the 76ers right now are the top team in the East uh, just beat the defending NBA champion, Los Angeles Lakers a few nights ago. And, we have right now in the Eastern conference, a team on the rise that right, quite frankly, we underrated to start the season. I think we knew they were going to be good. We talked about their coaching uh, with doc rivers being out of there. We talked about all the acquisitions on the roster. Uh, what do you guys like so far about the 76ers staying in the Eastern conference? Kind of um, why are they to you guys better than the nets in the East? They've got, they've got dudes. Joel is playing out of his mind and he, when I watch, cause I watched that Laker game and they're a really good team. Now I have said from the beginning, I don't like, and Mark, we texted about this afterwards. I don't like players playing for fouls. I'd like them again, get off my lawn. I sound like the old guy, but I don't like them playing for fouls. And Embiid does that a lot but he's really successful at it. He goes to the line a ton, slows down the pace of the game. Um, you know, they're a bigger team and that helps them and to get it inside and not have to run as much Tobias Harris can light it up when he's on, when he's on Ben Simmons is a freak and, and they have a lot of those pieces, you know, they'll bring Dwight in for some muscle. They have a lot of those pieces that are really uh, that can really work well together right now. I mean, I don't know what you guys are thinking right now. I would take them and it's not just the record, but just in seeing a couple games, I take them over Brooklyn right now, just the way their team is constructed. Yeah. Embiid is playing like, I think we've all wanted him to play for the last five seasons. Um, you, you're the best, what top? I mean, he's one of the best. If you go, if you're going to put Anthony Davis as a center out, unless you're going to put him at power forward, but like you're, you're, you're probably the best big man with Anthony Davis in the league when you go talent wise. Um, obviously, Anthony Davis just different skill set, more athletic, and can and handle the ball a little bit better. But underneath the basket, Embiid's a monster. Um, He's backing up the trash talk that I get annoyed by with Embiid, I think, finally. I think it's kind of one of those things I always kind of wanted him to shut up, but he's he's playing out of his mind. Um, the one thing to watch for him after the hard fall in the Lakers game, he did set out the Pacers game, so lower back, uh, see if that'll be okay the rest of the season for a big guy that can be – one of those things that can continue on. So we got to keep our eye on that. But Mike, going back to you saying Tobias Harris, he is, he's the guy kind of, to me, no one's really talking about. It's always been Simmons and Embiid, but Tobias Harris is averaging 20 points and seven rebounds. 
and they're looking at him to hit the game winning shots and here and there. And he's kind of the offense at the end of the game because everyone's going to go straight for him beat and he's the one left open. And we've seen him any team that he's been on the Duke can put up, put up points. He's a scorer. He's not, he, he to me, it's kind of like that mellow. He's not maybe the best defender on the, on the team at one time, but he's a decent enough defender as well on the other side to hold his own. And, and, but he can, he can score in, in buckets. I, I, I like the 76ers. They're fun to watch. I just watched them beat the Pacers after Pacers had a 19 point lead. And to me, that difference is Doc's coaching at the end of a game got them back into that game by throwing a zone in there and just threw the paces off their game. It, it was very, very impressive to watch. Yeah, give Doc credit. You can see the guys that he's got right now. He's told them and he's doing things saying, hey, play whatever you do well, play to your strength. And he has clearly done a good job of that with these guys so far. Um, you know, Tobias Harris saying that he loves playing for Doc when he was with the Clippers and that it, it's been a really nice surprise playing for him again. He, he's feeling confident again. Um, and th- they really, they work well. Like you can see Ben Simmons, he's not a half court offensive player. He's just not. But what he does really do well is that he flies downhill in transition. And he's a great passer. Uh, and he makes good decisions surprisingly in the air. He makes good decisions in the air. And so uh, what I saw, at least in that Lakers game and watched him a few times this year is that what has he kind of gone to the last couple games? He's gone to, getting downhill transition. He's the outlet man. He pushes the pace. He defends his butt off. And um, and that's what makes him good. So you can just see Doc Rivers is letting those guys saying, hey, what are you good at? Uh, and whatever it is you're good at, we're going to put you in position to be able to do those things uh, to the best of your ability. And right now it's working. Joe Embiid on the block, Tobias Harris in the perimeter, Ben Simmons pushing the pace, Danny Green shooting corner threes. They got a good thing going there in Philadelphia. And Seth Curry is lighting it up as well. Yeah, he, he had a little bit of an injury there, but that dude is lighting it up right now. Um, so they did. They got really great pieces to fill the void of, I think, honestly, J.J. Redick leaving a couple seasons ago. I think they finally had that Seth Curry look out um, on the three-point line to fill that void. And he's he's playing. He's, he's shooting one of the – you know, some of the best that I've seen him play in a little while. So props to, to Seth. But my question is, is now we go that 76ers are the team to beat right now. Who who's going after them? Who, who would you say is going to be the team to challenge him? Are we still going Nets or Milwaukee or is that our next two? Yeah, I would still say that's kind of the Eastern conference right now in a nutshell. Um, if you look at the West, if you go on the other side, like somebody that would challenge them potentially in an NBA finals, um, you've got to look at the Clippers, quite frankly. You got to look at obviously the Lakers. I can't, I don't like talking about the Clippers, but it's true. They're playing really good basketball right now. The Lakers also obviously are still one of the top teams. And then you have the Utah Jazz. I don't know if this thing's going to stick. I don't know if this thing's going to go on forever. Uh, they have a tendency to win a bunch of games in a row, but my goodness, they are. And I know they lost to the Nuggets the other day, but I think they won like 12 or 13 in a row. I really like what Denver's got out there too. Great coach and Quinn Snyder. Um, and obviously Donovan Mitchell kind of proving the haters wrong. <clears throat> Shaq. And he's just doing what he does. And, and they have a really deep, really talented roster as well. So um, the NBA has been really good so far this year. A lot of teams that are getting better um, kind of by the week. And it, it's fun to see. So with that, um, we are going to take a quick break 
And when we come back, we will, um, we're going to hit on a couple other things across the NBA and Zach and Mike are going to share their thoughts about a little zone defense, a little bit more we've been seeing. So hang with us and we will be right back. Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Welcome back to X's and O's NBA Breakdown. Thanks for hanging with us uh, and sticking around. Uh, we are coming back from break here. It's Mark, Mike, and Zach. And again, just want to have you guys... Uh, remember to add us on Instagram and Twitter at X underscore breakdown. And just make sure if you continue to listen, just give us a nice five-star review on Apple podcasts. Okay. Just a nice five stars makes us feel really good about ourselves. Okay. So we're going to finish this uh, conversation here today. And we are going to talk about something that we've been noticing defensively across the NBA. And that is more regular season zone. And, Usually what we see in the NBA is that in the playoffs, this is used a lot to throw teams off for a quarter here or there and to just get a game or two. And sometimes, quite frankly, teams have to do it in the playoffs in order to um, hang with another team or make it so that the seven-game series is more equal. Last year, you saw the Miami Heat use it all the way to an NBA Finals uh, and use it in the NBA Finals as well uh, against the Lakers. But – but zone defense has all of a sudden been used more and more throughout the regular season, especially this year. And something interesting we've kind of caught wind to is that it seems like offensively the teams going against it, um, it looks like they're confused, like they've never seen a zone before in a lot of ways. And they're very stagnant and, and the offense isn't moving. Um, and you end up settling for a whole lot of semi-contested threes. And that's exactly what the defense wants in a zone. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit. I'm going to let Mike and Zach hit on a couple of things they've seen defensively and offensively, uh, just kind of dealing with zone defenses across the NBA. As, as I'm sitting here talking, I'm watching the Lakers game and the Atlanta Hawks ran zone in the first half. Uh, made the Lakers really struggle offensively for four or five minutes. Just a good little switch up in there. Uh, should it be used more? Should it be used less? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Um, we're not used to seeing it as much with the traditional man-to-man NBA defense. So go ahead, fellas. Tell us what you think. I think you just hit it right there. It's I'm not used to seeing it this early on. So it's a little out of the norm for me. And obviously for some of these teams that they're it's going, they're going against, it's not normal for them either. Um, I'm seeing it a lot more. I watched again, the 76ers without Joel Embiid, which is a big reason why they had it. Pacers had the game in hand yesterday up at up by 19 at one point going into the, the fourth quarter. They were fine. Pacers were good. Doc threw zone in there. We didn't score. We Our last bucket was with 6.57 left in the fourth quarter. We didn't score another field goal. 
they could not penetrate the zone and, and they looked confused. The coaching staff looked confused. And I know you have a first time head coach, but you got to be able to find something to penetrate that zone, attacking that right, right at the free throw line, getting into the middle of that and, and creating some havoc, causing some fouls, doing something, but they just completely lost their offensive identity because the zone was thrown in and, and it's becoming a, a norm early on. Um, I'm confused by it. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why I'm seeing this, you know, however many games in, but it looks like some coaches are either throwing it into making sure they have the, the right roster to be able to have it later on. And I'm sure that's a lot. It's some of it. You know, do, do we have the guys teach it now? So in the playoffs, when we have to use it, it'll be readily available to know what your assignments will be and how to how to guard it. But also NBA zones a little different, as we know, than running high school, college. You can't clog the paint. So that's a big, big one in and seeing what they're going to do. And it's got to be testing that. Right. Uh, Tink, I, I've always I was really, really interested in to see as a coach, you're seeing it more how to stop it. What, what, what do you think that they need to do? Do you think we're going to continue seeing it in the regular season before the playoffs hit? Yeah. And before, before Mike goes, I just wanted to throw in coaching wise, it's really, really smart actually um, to do it, especially when you can't match up man to man <laughs> or in, cause in NBA you hedge a lot of screens or you switch everything. And so when you switch everything, like in certain lineups, you just, you flat out don't have a way to stop, certain personnel on the other team. And so zone can be effective. It can also be your worst enemy uh, in terms of like, not every team has an offensive zone buster like LeBron James. So, I mean, it's easier for a team like the Lakers when you watch them. Now they did struggle tonight a little bit, but he's a one man zone buster because he single-handedly shreds you. But there are a few teams that have that, that guy that has that ability to single-handedly do that. So I think what's happening is that these teams are seeing that in the playoffs, it's really effective and that in order for them to be uh, in a situation in the playoffs to uh, really throw a team off a traditional game plan, uh, this is something they got to start working on. And they got to start working on it in game sooner. Um, I don't, I didn't follow too much of the heat in the regular season last year enough because obviously as we've heard a lot, my good friend is a coach on there on the staff, but I didn't really catch them until the playoffs, but God, watching them in the playoffs, they they ran zone as good as anybody. So I'm assuming they ran it in the regular season, but that's why they were so good at it in the postseason. Nobody else did that, and then they were all thrown off by it. So, Mike, what do you think? Well, we talked earlier in the year to uh, Jack, and he said, you know, his first week with the pro club, they gave him 30 plays, right, and said, learn all these. You have what? three, four dozen sets that you're running and variations off those. And specifically this year, you have limited practice time and you don't practice zone busting sets. There's just not, there's not enough time to fit all that in. So when it, it, it feels like when, when uh, you run like a two, one, two full court press, right? You'll get two quick turnovers because you never practice that as an offense. You don't practice getting to the middle and getting to the outside unless you have somebody like LeBron uh, and they don't, they don't run the press and the pros. I watch a lot of college too. Shout out to my top five Michigan Wolverines, but they've got time. And, and since they see that zone all the time, they have zone sets that they go to. The pros don't really have that. So I feel like it's not a junk defense, 
but it's certainly um, a throw a wrench in the business for a while defense. And when you talk about a team like the Nets, right? Mark, we talked about this uh, a couple episodes ago. They're just going to hunt Kyrie. They're going to hunt him and they're going to do pick and roll. That's what the Lakers, um, that's what the Lakers did against Steph. That's what teams did uh, when he was on the Cavs when I was watching them a lot. And they're just going to hunt that matchup over and over and over. And when you have somebody like that, you can throw in a zone to, to keep him protected for four, five, six, seven possessions. And eventually they're going to figure it out. And if you, again, if you have that sort of unicorn that, I mean, LeBron sees things on the court that no one else does and sees them before they happen. And so zone's not an ideal long-term solution, but it certainly does throw, um, throw something different at a team that can maybe protect them for a while. Uh, and if, and again, if you don't have outside shooters, when, when you watch a zone, you see offensively players who wouldn't normally take a three, take a three because they get stuck out there and naturally every team goes perimeter, swing it around the outside. You want to try to get it to the middle, but you don't quite know how to do that against this defense that you never see and you never practice against. So it, it's an interesting, Zach, to your point, I, it, I don't believe that it will be a, a regular part of defenses, but you see offenses tripping over themselves for four or five possessions in a row because they don't see it. Should Steve Nash perhaps start to consider utilizing the zone, as you were saying, a little bit more? Give those guys – you got KD's length on the wing. You got Kyrie and James up top. Uh, Joe Harris and DeAndre Jordan, you know, down low. Could that be an option, something maybe that they need to consider? Because their man-to-man's really, really bad. Well, the hard part is, do you have the time to implement that? Right. Right? Because you don't practice it on defense very much either. So, I, I, but yes, they should. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think it's something that they should obviously look at. Um, throw it in in a thir- third quarter set when you need to change it up, just change the pace, do something different on that side of the ball, give the other team a different look. Um, when, you know, that other team's going on a run and, and just see if you can make them a little bit more stagnant on their offensive side. But yeah, I, I think that that could be something that should be in their arsenal. Again, not going to fix it. You can't fix that bad a defense, but it could help. Well, and I also think just to sort of button this topic up, it also depends on the team that you have. If you remember last year, when the Lakers went to the finals, I remember we texted on this when it happened. Uh, Lake, because the Lakers were full of veterans who knew, uh, who have played the game for a long time. They knew the ins and outs. And the Lakers went to a zone. And with about 12 seconds left in the shot clock, you saw Rondo yell and everybody took the man that they were closest to. Now that's next level stuff that when you have somebody like Rondo or LeBron or a team of veterans, you know, I could see the Celtics at this point running something like that. Um, But, but these new teams that are, that are bringing new players together. And a lot of these teams are young. We talked about how great the, uh, the NBA looks for the future because you got this new crop of superstars coming up, but they're also really young. 
And frankly, most of them don't care that much about defense. Um, so yes, I do believe that it should be part of certain teams games. I don't believe that it's a long-term strategy. Uh, otherwise everybody be doing it. Right. I want to mention something that's going to be definitely off topic, but I just wanted to go to it just because we always show our admiration for this guy and Brad Stevens and, um, and, and talking about his Celtics. What, what do we think about the Celtics right now? surprised by what they're doing they're, you know, I feel like they're in close games a lot, maybe not over the edge to me is Kimball Walker. Is he still the guy for that team or does he need a fresh start somewhere? He looks, I don't know if he's hurt, you know, he just looks, it just doesn't look right in the offense. He's not, he's not the Kimball Walker that we know at that clutch. And it just like, he doesn't know his, his role on that team. Uh, that's just something I, I just kind of thought about that. And, you know, they showed some stats about his record against LeBron and he obviously had a horrible game when they played. Um, I'm a huge Kimmel Walker fan. I love him to death. Um, but the Celtics are just, you know, we didn't even mention them when we said those top three teams in the East and, and I'm a huge, huge Brad Steven fan. And I, I like seeing them be somewhat successful just because of him. I know Mike, you guys are Lakers fans and it's hard to just see them do well anyway, but I like the Celtics because of Brad Stevens, but something's just not right there. I, I feel a little bit about them. Like I do Miami which is they're and, – and don't get me wrong, they're super talented, but they're not going to overwhelm you just with talent, but they're never going to play themselves out of a game. He feels like that they're just good enough and talented enough to make sure that they hang around in every game. I think that's what he was trying to say. We lost Mike. That's, that's the bottom line. We lost Long story Mike. short, we lost Mike right there. <laughs> but that's okay. I'm sure it was a great point. Did you like my cover? That was great. You did really, really well there. Thank you. I appreciate that. So we're going to continue the conversation um, now that we have Mike back. Uh, we had a little hey, everybody. difficulty. Sorry about that. But I think I finished this point quite well, to be honest with you guys. Um, but <clears throat> talking about the Celtics, Brad Stevens actually had a quote uh, before the Lakers and Celtics game. And he said, a special – He's as special as special gets talking about LeBron James. He'd be a multiple time more MVP winner. If people didn't get bored and look for other things to discuss. And I just wanted to talk about this because we talked about this a little bit um, with Kobe Bryant, actually, and just talking about kind of in his peak years that he only won one MVP, which is really surprising. Um, and I think the same can be said for LeBron. Um, how many MVPs does he have currently? I think three three MVPs and he's been at the top of the league realistically since probably 2011, 2010, 2011, he's got four MVPs. Um, so he's got four total, but I think the point is that you could make a legitimate argument. He could have eight MVPs and he could easily have doubled up his number probably should have won last year in reality. Um, Two years ago, he got hurt, but was on was on an MVP status with a young Lakers team. Um, three years ago, he led the uh, Cavaliers to the NBA Finals, and he was a he was a one man wrecking crew. I, I, I mean, at one point, he was averaging like 40, 12, and ten in the NBA Finals. Um, three years or four years ago now, uh, or three years ago, 
same NBA Finals. Four years ago, NBA Finals. His only stint not in the NBA Finals, not putting up MVP numbers, was two years ago with the Lakers when he was hurt with a young Laker team. Uh, other than that, every year since 2011, he legitimately could have and probably should have won. Give me your thoughts. I think this goes back to us talking about a few episodes ago when we said do the MVP voters just get sick of what they're seeing and want to move on. Um, that That is the case. They – LeBron's talent is unmatched. I think it all in, in many facets of the game, it's it's unmatched. We've never seen anything like him before. Everyone expects it now. So when he does it, even at 36 years old, there's that it just okay, who's the next young person we can give the award to? Um, Giannis is still that new thing but again like we talked about I think it's probably going to be somebody else because now they've moved on from Giannis LeBron is the NBA MVP period he's it he's the one he is the chosen one he should get the award he is the man he is the reason we watch the game he's incredible and he needs to have the award this year that's what I'm saying how do you feel about it though he should have it okay okay fair yeah he He's been in the finals nine out of 10 years, Mark, to your point. The only time he hasn't been there was when he got hurt and he was on fire uh, for the first half of that year. It, he, he is, again, the MVP is a finicky award. He's the best player in the league and has been for a while, you a long time. You just can't tell me that – you can't put him on any team and that they are in instant contention for an NBA finals visit. I mean, that's, that's you been can take, history. You can take Giannis off of the Bucks team last year and put LeBron on and they're winning the NBA finals. Correct. He took a team with a guy named Booby Gibson <laughs> to the NBA finals. <laughs> he did. He's incredible. He's incredible. Uh, yeah, he, he is, he's, Peyton Manning, right? He's Tom Brady. You put him on a team and they're going to win. And you take him off of a team and they're going to be the worst team in the league. That's happened multiple years with Cleveland. He went, he dragged that, was it 07 team to the finals? They had no business being there. And he drugged them there. And and and, and that's also you know, I don't want to get too much into legacy talk, but that's also going to affect his legacy because he's now three and five, three and six in the finals. And for what you guys just keep giving me hand signals on mute. Talk to he's me. He's got four NBA finals wins. Four, okay. Four and six. and six. And if he doesn't bring, you know, I have this argument with Michael Jordan too. If he doesn't bring those early teams to the finals, he's not 0-1. You know, Jordan didn't get past the Celtics or the Pistons until his team was ready for it. And so he never had a finals loss when they shouldn't have made it. He has the wins when they should have. So he didn't go 0-1 in 1987 when he drug a Bulls team past the Celtics and Pistons because they lost. And but for good reason, they lost. The team wasn't very good except for Jordan. 
But LeBron brought teams there and went 0-1, and, and then he goes 2-2 two and two in Miami, and then he brings Cleveland teams again that have no business being there. And then once they get there, Kevin Love gets hurt, Kyrie Irving gets hurt a year, and so it, it's a legacy-affecting thing, but he has been so good for so long that it's like, okay, yeah, of course LeBron's one, two, or three in the MVP, but who else had a better year? It is the Steve Nash versus Kobe MVP argument that we had last week. So I just, I'm just going to throw this out there. And my point to this whole thing is that he's got a chance to make 12 NBA finals, possibly 13, depending on the next two or three years in the height of basketball in terms of the amount of good players across the league on every team. You can make an argument that in the Jordan era, that the top eight teams in the NBA were top heavy and they were so good that it made that run hard. But my point is, is that now you have like 22 teams that are all really good that each have a star of their own that he is just like, he's literally dismantling to the point where other players on other teams are saying, pardon my language, but, He's literally – he's a bitch to get through. You can't get through this guy. He, you won't – if you got to face him, you're not going to win. And, and I mean, De, DeMar DeRozan said that about the Raptors. Raptors were top seed over and over and over and just winning an insane amount of regular season games. And oddly enough, uh, LeBron leaves the East and goes to the West and Kawhi comes to the Raptors after they've done that for so many years and just kept losing to LeBron in the Eastern Conference Finals or Eastern Semis. And, of course, Kawhi takes him there. Why? Because LeBron's not in the East anymore. (laughs) So it's the only chance for people to to get to the NBA Finals now. And they should legitimately give him a ring for that year. I mean, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So it's just – it's crazy to actually think that that's where he's at. And at 36, he's still just – he's still so much better right now than anybody else in the game. Um, it's really child's play. You can see he's coasting. He's taking he's taking plays off within the game simply because he's like Iron Man. Like he just continues to play and play. He will not sit. He will play every game if he's available. He's always said it. He continues to live up to it. Um, he's starting to log heavier minutes, but the guy's just his efficiency. He's starting. He's shooting forty percent on seven attempted threes a game now in his eighteenth season in the NBA. So I mean. I, I just That's don't, incredible. I just don't really, I don't quite know like how you can add that much, but he's still got pop at the rim. He's still, he's shooting mid range, turnaround fadeaways all the time. Uh, he's def- his one-on-one defensive stats. According to two weeks ago, he was the best one-on-one defender efficiency wise, point wise, whatever, however they rate that he was the top in the NBA at age 36. Um, Who led the league in assists last year? LeBron James. And Jabron James. LeBron, I mean, it's just it really is, I, I didn't I didn't think I would root for him the way I do. Uh, you know, now that I've got to watch him enough in the Lakers, God, I, I really was missing out by not watching him in Cleveland. That's all I know. Yeah, he's he is he has been the best player in the league for over a decade. Now you can argue that he's based on how he's playing and how much he's playing specifically that he might not be the best player in the league right now, right now, 
like on, when are we taping this? February 1st. He might not be the best player in the league till now, but he will be. And, and what else happened when Kawhi went to Toronto and went to the finals? LeBron was hurt. So even then, you know, he got hurt on that Christmas Day game and didn't get a chance to go in. Uh, he's, dra- he's dragged worse teams to the finals than that Laker team last year. Um, so I, I agree with Brad Stevens that we're all a little – we're not bored. We're watching. But that voters are bored, and it, it, you, can't, you can't give the same guy MVP 10 years in a row. Yeah, I mean, you can't, even if you should. So we, um, we actually just wanted to take a second and just say thank you guys for being a part of what we do. Uh, we love doing this. We hope to bring a guest on again soon and just continue to give you the best content we can. Um, but we love doing this and we love doing it together. And uh, we appreciate all the feedback we've gotten so far. And we hope to see you guys next time. So for Mark, Zach, and Mike, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, we will see you next time. Mamba on three. One, two, three. Mamba. Peace out. See ya. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit mypodcastmanager.com to get started. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of X's and O's NBA Breakdown. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please like, subscribe, or comment on any of our social media sites at X underscore Breakdown. See you next week, and remember, Mamba on three.